So what does wellness mean to you? Welcome to Wellness Wednesdays. I'm your host, Eric Clard. This week, another special guest. Um, we've got Dr. Claire Sullivan, naturopathic doctor. We're going to talk about a bunch of things, but we're actually going to concentrate a little bit on digestion and what it means to you, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So um, tell us how you got here. Um, how does one become a naturopathic doctor? Uh, I know you've kind of uh, practiced at a bunch of different places, so yes. it'd be interesting to provide a little bit of color and then let us know uh, you're a little bit of more of your background. Absolutely. So health has always been a, an interest of mine through growing up uh, in a family that really focused on uh, eating whole foods. Um, you're lucky that way. Yeah, it, no, that absolutely. Is, we always had a garden. Yeah. yeah, we were very kind of... So I, naturopathic medicine was part of me growing up. Um, and then when I went, was approaching university, thinking about teaching, thinking about traveling, thinking about health, um, took, a, took a bit of time to actually decide. Um, tried teaching a little bit um, overseas, enjoyed it, but wasn't wanting to be in a classroom necessarily. Um, and then when my own... Uh, journey again brought me back to naturopathic medicine I jumped back into university with that goal in mind so it's a it's a four-year postgraduate degree after you get your um, bachelor degree so I studied pre-med sciences um, and then moved to Toronto for four years so yeah, graduated ten years ago now. Yeah, yeah. Now you're, you're getting old. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting. Yeah. Old. <laughs> We're all getting old. Trust me. We are yeah. all getting old. It's inevitable. Um, so, and then where uh, you've taught a couple, or not taught, but I guess practice uh, at, yes. a, at a couple so, cool places. Where where has this journey taken you? So the journey started in uh, Newmarket. Uh, we moved out of Toronto into Newmarket um, shortly after graduation, and then. Um, my husband's job brought us to Ottawa, um, where I practiced at the Ottawa Integrative Health Center. And then, uh, again, family life brought me to the U.S. for a bit and then uh, have been back in Ottawa for the last three years. I'm practicing um, back at doTERRA Naturopathic Clinic for um, a year and a half now. Do you think there's a, a, a are there certain like hot naturopathic hotspots um, like in Canada or the States? Like, is there places that are more popular? Like, Thinking back, like yoga, for example, 20 years ago, it was basically California. Mm-hmm. And now it's pretty much the entire uh, map. I don't know about hotspots, but the regulations throughout Canada and the U.S. are very different. So especially in the U.S., there are some uh, states that are not regulated. So Georgia, where I was, didn't actually have a, a, regula- like a regulatory board. So could you practice board. or not practice? I, I didn't end up practicing because of the... Uh, the legislation in, in the U.S. really made me anxious. And uh, <laughs> suing, I also had a really suing, young yeah, family, yeah. so I was home with my kids. We did some homeschooling, had some great adventures down there. Um, but stayed, like, stayed in the loop. What? Ate a lot of peaches. Ate a lot of peaches. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then here in Canada, it's very different as well in terms of legislation. So each province is regulated uh, differently. Um, so BC has a very wide scope of practice. I'd say they have the, the widest scope of practice. Um, Ontario has a... a, a a decent um, scope of practice as well. We were recently brought under the RHPA. We were regulated differently. And RHPA uh, for, for regular so, folks? Uh, regu- uh, the Regulated Health Practitioners Act. So okay. we're regulated just like uh, doctors and chiropractors and uh, other health professionals. So you're almost a real doctor now. Almost a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, 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 I joke around like I've, I've got a bunch of friends that are chiropractors and I, I call them pretend doctors all the time. Absolutely. And yeah, 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 no. no, that's fine. We get all sorts. <laughs> and I mean, I've 
as you probably, as we chatted before, I have a lot of respect for people in your profession and, yeah. and chiropractors and a lot of alternative medicine. Cause I think that's where, that's where a lot of the value is at for the average person now. Yeah. And uh, even we were chatting before we uh, we started recording, and about how I I just don't see the value of a of a family doctor uh, now unless I break my leg. But even then, I can probably even go to the emergency room. Like it just seems like the tides have really shifted over the last I want to say ten years, but um, I could be. I think the tides have shifted. Uh, for me, I really see. Um, I I don't think you have to choose one over the other. I really think it's a, about a collaborative yeah. approach to patient care. So we have a really strong background in nutrition where we can support uh, patients that way. Uh, we can run laboratory tests, but your doctor can also run those tests, right? Um, if something is off, what we'll do is work together for the for the best health of the patient, right? So I don't want to. Um, discourage people from going to the doctor but I do want people to encourage people to like have a bit more control in in their own health and and ask questions and look for for ways that um, they can empower themselves to feel better without necessarily always depending on medication yeah and the thing I like now or, or the trends that I'm seeing is it is really much of a of a team approach a collaboration approach where yeah you're right like you have your family doctor maybe your annual checkup or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I haven't been to one in a long time. <laughs> um, but, and then you have, you know, your natural path. If you've got some issues, you've got your Cairo, if you've got some, some yeah. structural issues and then probably a massage therapist or, and maybe a psychiatrist or, and then the list goes on. Um, but um, especially that way where everyone can kind of look at their specialty. Whereas I think if you look back about 20 years, I mean, there was other specialties, but for the most part, people, went to the doctor, which right. they met, they're talking about a medical doctor. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, well, I, I don't know if I want to go see my doctor if I have, um, you know, a digestion issue, for example, right. because what are they going to do? Like they're going to prescribe meds for me. I mean, yeah. again, and this is a generalization and some, not all doctors prescribe a lot of meds, but for the most part, you know, if, if it, it, you need different tools in your toolbox, yeah. if everything, you know, if, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? Yeah. And I think the other thing that's changed over the last 20 years is, I mean, our stress levels have gone up or we have um, our doctor's stress levels have gone up and we have um, doctors don't have as much time. Right. So if you think back to doctors coming and doing like home visits and, you know, they knew you from the day you were born to the day you died, they had all of that information. They had more time to spend with you. So they were they wanted to keep you well. Right. So um, that's one of the benefits of not being a naturopathic doctor is I do have a little bit more time um, to spend with patients and see how all of those things interconnect. So is your anxiety linked to your digestive system upset? Um, are you are you eating your lunch in front of your computer, right? And then having mid-afternoon a stomach upset. Yeah. No, it's not good for you. <laughs> so how long would a, a typical visit last here? So a first visit is an hour. Um, okay. our, our follow-ups um, can range between 45 minutes to half an hour, depending on um, what needs to, needs to happen in terms of treatment and follow-up. Yeah. And how often does a typical client come and see you? It really depends on what's going on. So uh, oftentimes the first and second appointment are close together because we want to kind of get the ball rolling. We collect a lot of information on the first visit and get a treatment plan in place on the second visit. Um, Following that, it depends. So acupuncture treatments, IV treatments, um, more hands-on treatments often will happen more frequently. Um, Sometimes, you know, we put a treatment plan in place and we're we're not going to re visit for six or eight weeks until we kind of start seeing some changes. 
Okay. Speaking of the big D, digestion, Mm -hmm. um, can you kind of, first of all, define digestion for people? Because a lot of people, they're like, I think I get it, but like, it'd be nice to get a professional to kind of, in her own words, let us know what digestion is, and we'll get into a little bit of uh, some specific. Sure, yeah. So digestion is really everything from, um, I think of it as everything even in before you even put food into your mouth. So it's the thought process about food. It's sitting down and eating a meal, everything that goes into your mouth. And then that whole process of us digesting that food um, and eliminating that food, the the food waste. So really everything from your mouth to your bum, um, but also that preparation phase, because if you think about it, if you smell a lemon um, or see something sour, think about something sour when your mouth waters, that's your digestive system kicking in. So it's, it's a little bit more than just, the food going into your mouth, there's a, there's a thought process too. Um, and that is why when we're sitting in front of our computer and not thinking about putting food in our mouth, our digestive system isn't quite prepped, right? So then we can run into problems down the road. Mm. Yeah, it was, um, I was, uh, I read a great book on mindful eating mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago from a Stanford professor, and I, I forget the guy's name, but it was very good. And since then, uh, I've tried to use smaller plates. Yep. And he's like he's he's a scient like I've, he's a scientist in terms of uh, he's not a doctor but he's just uh, he's a PhD mm-hmm. and uh, he looks at the science behind eating and he talks about never eat in front of a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to use smaller plates. Try to take your time. Chew. Uh, Chewing. I, st- yeah. I I try to do all that stuff. I'm not perfect. No. Uh, but uh, I find not eating. If I do eat in front of the screen, which is very rare, like I'll watch a movie, yeah. I'll actually portion out my stuff as opposed to taking the whole bag. Yeah. Just because, and his like his insights were, and he, he ran tons of experiments. Yeah. No, it's very, very interesting. And I think it's a great experiment what to do at home, right? Even making a cup of tea, making a cup of coffee, and really just taking 15 minutes to focus in on that, um, that activity, right? So that mindfulness. Yeah. Um, even if even if you don't do it all of the time, if you do it every day for a little bit, all of a sudden you will start noticing that you're you know you're putting your your silverware down and you're having a conversation, right? So it slows you down if you take put your silverware down between bites, um, taking time to 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 light a candle, right? To make an ambiance, all of those activities. Again, we talk about mindfulness all the time, and I I think we feel like it needs to be something added on to our day, right? Which can be stressful, but really, it's just bringing mindfulness into the activities you're already doing. And how does that impact your digestion? So it impacts your digestion because when your digestive system is actually prepped to receive food, you're salivating, so you're releasing. So it's almost like doing like a warm up. Like you would do a warm up for and you go running or whatever. It's Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're preparing your body to digest food. So when your mouth is watering, your stomach is also releasing um, acid and digestive enzymes. So then when it uh, arrives in your stomach, it's digesting that food more efficiently. It's also releasing your bile and your digestive enzymes into your small intestines. So everything is prepped and, and working. The other thing that's really important is when we're feeling stressed, all of our, um, we hear a lot about that fight or flight response, right? So your stress response gets us out of stressful situations or it gets you through interviews on podcasts where you're really nervous um (laughs) but we need that but what happens is we're uh all of the blood goes to our extremities it goes away from our digestive system because if your life is in danger you don't want to be digesting your food um so when you make that ambiance when you take time to sit down and eat that that your the blood flow can be in your digestive 
system and in your digestive tract. And then obviously you're going to be absorbing a lot more nutrients if you're sending the blood to the right place. Again, uh, what makes it so important to prep the system? And is it in like, is it going to take a shorter time to digest? Is you're going to, you just said you're going to uh, get more nutrients, which is always a good yeah. thing. What else? Um, so you're um, two way. I mean, it can slow it down to the point where um, you have constipation. It can speed it up to the point where it's going through your system too fast, right? So uh, everyone responds to, to it a little bit differently, but both of those extremes can um, be caused by it. You can also get things like heartburn, right? So you're just eating um, mindlessly and your uh, your stomach, your um the esophagus, the esophagus, the, the, esophagus, ah, the lower esophageal sphincter um, is not then kind of clicking in and closing. So you're yeah. getting acid reflux yeah. up um, into your esophagus. Um, <clears throat> a lot of indigestion, heartburn, IBS type symptoms. So um, pain in your stomach, gas, bloating, those kind of things. Uh, speaking of uh, constipation, yes, um, I, I, I use the technical term getting bunged up. Yeah, um, but so what causes that? Um, lots of things. One uh, very simple I thing. It was just cheese. It's just cheese. Definitely is yeah. a big culprit. Um, yeah. But not having enough fiber, not having enough water. Um, so what happens is we digest our our food, and what ha- what is left goes into our large intestines, and that's where it gets dehydrated. We we actually reabsorb a lot of water. Our digestive system is really good at recycling um if there's uh if there's not a lot of water in your system already and we're dehydrating it even more then it gets really hard to pass um so that's what that constipation is it's hard hard stool that is not being eliminated um on a regular on your regular basis so not enough fiber uh not enough water not enough movement we don't exercise enough so if we're if you have a very sedentary lifestyle uh that can contribute to constipation food sensitivities can contribute to uh constipation as well what we ideally want to be seeing is someone having a bowel movement one to two um, possibly three times a day but they're, they're well formed they're easy to pass there's no undigested food in your stool you, there's no blood in your stool there's no mucus in your stool what about corn corn is a tough one um it is one of the more regular ones that yeah. we would see right so if it's corn we're okay yeah. but we don't want to be seeing pieces of lettuce we don't want to be yeah. seeing things like that okay and so can you kind of paint the journey for us and again and uh Sorry for people at home that this is my this might be graphic and you might not want to I don't know, <laughs> listen to this while you're eating breakfast. But I love to get into the details. Like, right. Paint like how long does it take? Let's say okay, for example, I'm having breakfast. I'm having my eggs and sausage and avocado. Yeah. How long does that take? I eat breakfast. Well, I eat breakfast later. But for argument's sake, we'll play. I'll eat breakfast at nine a.m. Right. When do I digest that? And when do I pass it? So you digest, so it depends on how long, right? Some people eat it in like two minutes, yeah. but you ideally want to kind of have 15 to 20 minutes to be chewing your food. Eating. Yeah, but when you live by yourself, what are you supposed to be like, <laughs> hey, everyone? And you know, like, no, but I, I do get it. Like I try to, to read or, or do something, listen yeah. to a podcast or yeah. listen yeah. to a podcast, just, you know, drink your, have a, have a warm drink with your, with your meal. Um, uh, so chewing your food, you know, again, it takes somewhere if a smaller meal might take a little bit less time and then it's traveling down your esophagus. So it doesn't take uh, it takes another again few minutes to go down into your stomach. It's going to mill around there for um, again, like 
maybe an hour it kind of moves around and then into your small intestines your small intestines are quite large so um, it doesn't look like food by the time it gets into your small intestine it's something called chime so it's um it's more liquidy and um like sludge it's like sludge but it's uh got all sorts of nutrients it's, like and that's, it's basically that's smooth yeah it's basically a smoothie. um and that's where the the little pieces of of protein and the vitamins and minerals will get absorbed into the into the small intestines um so there it's going to spend a good kind of part a portion of the day so it's sending spending several hours there um once it gets into the large intestines um that varies for people right so for some people with constipation it does last, you know, up to several days. Um, other people with, again, on the other end, a spectrum of not uh, the ideal health, it can go through in like an hour, right? Yeah. And people have bowel movements right after. But ideally, usually, we're looking at kind of, bell, right? yes, you, bell, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of between, um, you know, six to 12 hours. And then we're, we're, we're digesting that food and, and eliminating it. One of the ways you can see visually um, how long food actually takes is something like eating beets. So beets will turn your stool red. So you can do a little experiment don't eat beets for a week and then have a meal with beets in it and when stool comes out red there's no bleeding it's from the beets um but that's gonna actually give you a a transit time from the time it went into your mouth until the last portion of red comes out in the stool so it's not the first it's the last portion I love it. So yeah. this is a great thing that you can kind of do at home. And, yeah. Uh, it, very low cost, very low tech. Yeah. It's, uh, but I'll have patients yeah. do that because that gives me an idea of, yeah. is your digestive system too slow or yeah. is it too fast? What are some of the other, um, uh, I guess, factors in digestion? You talked about stress. Yeah. What does stress do to it? Good and bad. I mean, because I mean, for example, I'll give you a perfect example. When I go for a run. Yeah. I'm very regular. (laughs) Like it's, it's sometimes too regular. Well, stress, I mean, the running has two factors, right? So it does help you manage stress, but it also is moving everything, right? So your whole, like your psoas muscle goes through that whole, where all of your intestines are. Um, So it's helping to massage your digestive tract so that things are moving along. So exercise plays a double role there. Um, But stress really plays a part in um, that stress response, right? So So if you're really stressed, would you have more stools or less stools it depends on the person right um the the when you're not feeling comfortable um, and not feeling safe, it can lead towards more constipation. So one of the things about digestion is happens when you're feeling relaxed. So that's what we want to see. But again, if you don't have enough blood uh, flow to your digestive tract, people will get IBS and like quick bowel movements, right? If someone's anxious, things just go through and you're not absorbing the nutrients. So really depends on your and again this is why it's individualized medicine is because someone can have a lot of anxiety and have such loose stools that they're not absorbing their nutrients and other people can have a lot of anxiety um and not be having bowel movements and again one could be because of stress and because of a medication they're on and the other person could be because of you know lack of water and a food sensitivity so we would approach them very differently speaking of stools um And, and I, I love that you, you, you like talk about this stuff. Um, it, what's the right consistency? So there's something called a Bristol stool chart, um, oh, wow. which you I can actually, yeah. yeah. So you can actually, they rate them. Um, I think there's seven different kind of visuals. Um, and just so you know, there's people that weigh their stool. 
Yes. That's that's a little I don't extreme. yeah, that's a yeah. little extreme. I don't okay. I don't require weighing. Okay. Um but you want to see between a three and a four. So you want your stool to be well formed. You don't want it to be very hard. Uh you want it to hold its shape in your in the in the toilet. Okay. Um yeah. um, you know, be a light kind of to medium brown like not not super light, but like a medium brown color. Um, if it's very very dark or black, that's a problem. If there's um, because if it's black, that means that there's a bleed somewhere up um, up top in the digestive tract. Um, and you want it to uh, not have a. I mean, all stool is going to smell, right? Yeah. But you don't want it to have a very offensive smell. That yeah. like that can also be a sign that there's something wrong. And. What about like different colors? Um, obviously, when you see cornet, that's something a little different. Right. But uh, like green versus brown, and yes, like... the ideal color is brown. Okay. Um, if you're seeing green like or the, yellow like or black, brown, like the emoji. Like, like the, the emoji. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. Okay. The emoji is kind of like, that's a little bit too soft. Yeah. We want yeah. it a little bit more formed okay. than the emoji. That would Harder be a problem. Harder than the emoji. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love how technical we are getting this morning. So. Yes. Um, but yeah, if we're seeing, so again, stool does change, right? So if you're looking at a, a, a little baby, um, their stool is yellow and that's normal. Yeah. Um, if there's, and it's, there's no consistency. And there's no it. consistency, which yeah. is fine because really they're only digesting yeah. uh, uh, milk. Um, another, again, looking at how food is digested as their system, um, develops things like blueberries will come through, right? Your stool changes, um, color and consistency for, for young, um, young people, uh, very easily. Um, but again, as an adult, you don't want to be having uh, yellow stool. You don't want to be having green stool. Um, again, if you're eating lots and lots of like smoothies with kale and spinach, sometimes that can shift it, but if it's not related to food, then you want to get that investigated. Uh, one thing which you touched upon that, uh, how does your digestion um, change as you age? Like, obviously, as an infant, it's quite different, probably as an adult or something. But as you get older, for example, are there some major changes? Because you talk about, like, I remember back in the day, my grandma used to drink prune juice and, like, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, is there, um, is there some major changes as you get older? Uh, depends on the person, right? Um, depends on if they continue to stay active. A decrease in activity will definitely um, change stool consistency. Um, so that needs to, to be maintained. Hydration is another big piece. And I think that if we're talking about kind of the generation of our grandmothers, um, drinking water wasn't is not a, a big thing, right? So um, if you drink coffee all day, which is a diuretic and going to dry things out, then the prune juice is going to help kind of move things along. Um, but yeah, certainly um, making sure staying on top of that. It's not it's not a guarantee. If you get older, it doesn't mean that you're going to have okay. constipation, but things do shift around. And keeping an eye on, on regular constipation is going to help everyone's health yeah. uh, at any age. Um, you mentioned something else earlier about smoothies. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you do, for example, uh, I'll make a smoothie with some kale, some chia seeds, um, some natural peanut butter, a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that good for my digestive system? Because some of the stuff's already been kind of pre-digested. Yeah. 
good. It'll, it's not bad for your digestive system. Yeah. I do the actual physical act of chewing um, helps to stimulate your digestive yeah. system. So um, sometimes I will say like do more like a smoothie bowl. So you, you keep part of your uh, fruit or vegetables or seeds um, out and sprinkle them on top. So again, it slows you down. So yeah. you don't because a smoothie can be drunk very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it forces my... you to sit yeah. down yeah. and actually chew I do your shots food. Of yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's no, it's a great way to get fruits and vegetables in, especially because, you know, a lot of people, I think the vegetable portion is sometimes hard for people to, to get enough in. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like, does, um, like cheese seeds, how, how do you view those? I think they're great. They, they have, they have a good source of omegas in them. They, um, do have lots of fiber in them. Um, adding them to foods is, is, uh, a great, uh, way to, to get them in. So into smoothies is great. I like doing it as like a chia pudding. Um, they, again, when you talk about fiber, they absorb a lot of water, right? So that is going to help keep your digestive system moving. Anything that makes that kind of gelatinous, um, consistency is added fiber that's what's that's what's holding water so yeah yeah, yeah and uh i mean for people that haven't tried them before yeah i would say go easy on them go easy on they, them they, they, they can any be, fiber really yeah. right go easy like prunes psyllium yeah. husks yeah. Uh, flax seeds chia um even lots and lots of vegetables right i mean if you're not used to it fiber can cause bloating it can cause some discomfort so working your way up is really really important yeah so let's say i have a digestion issue i come to you what's what's your process so we we the first visit is a very kind of in-depth uh interview along with a physical exam so we're looking i'm asking you all of those details about digestion people often look at me funny you you bring out the the the, the chart i do if people are really kind of have no idea what uh what's it called again the bristol Bristol stool chart chart. yeah named after mr bristol yes okay yeah (laughs) okay um i'll have to look him up so it's uh so yeah we'll talk about digestion we'll talk about stress we'll talk about things that have worked and haven't worked um allergies supplements that you're on medication that you're on um and then what we can do is we'll do a physical exam, see what's going on in terms of that, and then see if we need to do any testing. So we can do stool testing, figure out what bacteria are there, what needs to change if your digestive system, um, if you have the right enzymes going on. So that will give us a bit more information. Um, sometimes people will come, right? Travel is a big component as well. Is there something like a parasite going on um, that needs to be tested for or treated? So um Again, that's why the history is really, really important of when has it started? What's changed um, recently? I'm going to throw you a little curveball here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, fecal something transplant. Is that something that's big in the industry? No, not We like, can't physically, do, we can't do it as naturopaths. It's okay. really important. Um, right now it's um, approved for um, C. difficile. Yeah. So it's actually taking stool from a healthy subject and putting it into um, a, a subject that has C. difficile, right? Yeah. So, um, and I, this I, is where the microbiome is huge, yeah. right? So, I mean, we can't even, we can't even kind of jump into it because it's such a huge topic um but some of the studies out there are incredible with like little sterile mice and rats and actually 
you know, you change someone's diet, you feed them artificial sugars, they have diabetes type symptoms, you take their bacteria and put it into another rat and they will get those symptoms. So the food that we're eating is not just nourishing us, it's nourishing the bacteria that live in us which are also creating uh, micronutrients that we need to absorb. Um, so really, we always have to like think about what we're eating and about who we're eating with, right? Yeah. So yeah. And what they're eating too. And what, yeah, so you're yeah. never yeah. alone. Don't yeah. worry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can talk to your gut yeah. bacteria. Yeah. My second brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, so if you like to the general population, yes. what would be some tips for, for better digestion? You mentioned some of them, but like just kind of bring them to, together. Bring them together. Yeah. So um, one of the things, um, so making sure that you're sitting down for meals. Um, if you, if and why is sitting down good? I like to stand when I eat. Do you like to stand when you eat? Oh uh, yes. I eat are, my what are you doing? Okay, but like you're in a a, a specific place, right? Like Ooh. you're where you're sure, yeah. eating. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, sitting, I sit right in my counter right beside my coffee maker, and like there's this little spot that I end perfect. up eating a lot. I guess more eating conscientiously. So instead okay. of eating on the go, making a meal. So if you're standing to eat your meal, fine, yeah. but you're eating conscientiously and you're making a meal, right? So again, serving your food onto a plate as opposed to eating out of containers. Um, <laughs> you're laughing because you're... <laughs> I, I, I might have done this once in a while yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it saves on, on doing dishes. It does save on yeah. doing dishes, but... There is a ritual. There is a ritual, right? If you look at other other societies, eating is a very ritualistic activity, right? And I think we've we've gotten away from that. We kind of view eating as like a means to an end. We have to we have to be more productive. We have to do this as opposed to seeing it as uh, a way to fuel our bodies, a way as something to enjoy with ourselves or with our friends or with our family, right? So, um, I'm still gonna say sitting down for your meal. Okay. Um, if we can prepare our meals, that's an even, it, not all the time. I understand we're all busy and you can like, you can warm up leftovers or sometimes we'll go out for dinner or uh, uh, order in. Um, but that very active of um, preparing food and learning how to prepare food, I think that's a really big piece of the puzzle that kind of this next generation doesn't know how to cook. And I think cooking for me is a really big uh, component on being healthy because then you know where food comes from, you know how to prepare it, you know what you're putting yeah, in your body. You've got, I mean, you're lucky you've got a pretty good upbringing on that. Yeah. Um, but even like I was reading a, an article about how kids now, and this was a kids in the US, but I think it's fairly applicable to us. They think a tomato is a slice of tomato. Yes. Because that's all they, they see that on a burger or they see that like they don't, they don't even know where a tomato comes from. Yeah. They think pickles are little slices of pickles, like the, and like they don't actually. Those are cucumbers that are, you know, fermented or, or well, whatever. Uh, uh, like they're, they're yeah, something done lacto fermented. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, if we can cook, and as a parent, I really they don't cook all of their meals, uh, but you I try on your, Wednesdays, kids, yeah. just like Wellness yeah. Wednesdays. I yeah. do try to have my children prepare a meal so I'm the sous chef I'm yeah. there to help them but they will make salads my two year old loves to rip up lettuce um, they will roast chickpeas will like have chicken prepared so we'll do like a Caesar salad they learn how to make a salad dressing so that's kind of our ritual right and it doesn't happen every day we have yeah. lots of activities 
Um, another really good tip that people can use at home is not drinking a lot of water with your meals. What happens is then you dilute the digestive juices um, in your stomach and you slow down that digestive process. So certainly sipping throughout your meal, especially if you're having, you know, people are used to it to help get food down. Um, but chewing your food really well is another activity, right? So if you're chewing your food really well, you might not need as much water, but trying to separate the, the water drinking from actual um meals um if people and then kind of I don't, not everyone needs to supplement with something like digestive enzymes um but the um so those would be my tips drinking away from it sitting down for meals trying to prepare your food um well, fiber making sure there's enough fiber so well, ideally is like 20 to 25 grams a day um and people don't do that so one of the things i will also have people do is do a diet diary for a week we'll look at fiber intake we'll look at healthy fats because um, those are also really important i think again like since the 70s people have been very afraid of fats um, um and so they've eliminated those and we've seen repercussions in terms of uh weight gain we've seen repercussions in terms of cardiovascular disease so healthy fats are another big component of, of conversations and, that I don't I know, I, and obviously I'm not a doctor I don't play one on the internet but I find if you have some good healthy fats it does help digestion it helps digestion it helps you feel fuller oh yeah um, so you feel satiated yeah. you don't feel hungry two hours like later like cheese seeds with some coconut oil you're regular. You're regular. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the other thing, the other component um, it, that's really important is um, certainly snacking through the day can be part of uh, a routine, routine, especially if people are exercising or they need that boost or they're going long periods of time, but not eating every hour, really giving your time, your body time to digest. So what happens is we eat and then what ha- we you know start that whole digestive process. But if we eat again too frequently, the digestive process basically restarts. And so food is kind of halfway through the system and then it just sits there while it waits for the rest of it to kind of catch up. Um, so really not making sure you're having meals and you're waiting two or three hours before you're eating again. So when, when you have to eat that way, then your meals are going to be a little bit more substantial. You're going to make sure there's healthy fats and proteins, um, in them. Focusing on vegetables is another key component. So if you can, again, I always try to like try to incorporate vegetables into every meal. If you can get them into breakfast, great for sure. Lunch and dinner, half of your plate needs to be covered with vegetables. And, uh, one question, because you kind of brought it up on, on, the, on that answer, fasting. What are your thoughts on fasting? Uh, I'm not a big proponent of kind of long-term, like daily, like days and days of fasting. Um, certainly that intermittent fasting. So if you stop eating at 7 and you don't eat breakfast till 7 or 10 the next morning, it gives your body a time, like time to actually digest food and, and get through that. Um, but again, that's more therapeutic. It depends on the person. I wouldn't say it's, it's for everybody. Okay. Um, this is a question I ask all my guests on the podcast and what does wellness mean to you? Um, I think wellness means, um, kind of being able to, for certainly kind of having a well-balanced life, right? So you're taking time as a naturopathic doctor myself. I talk about this with a lot of people, but I also need to implement it in my own life. You need to so walk the walk. Walk the walk, right? So I need to make sure I'm taking time to uh, take care of myself. Take sit care down of, while you eat. Sit down while I eat. Not in front of my screen. Yeah. Um, but really having uh, always kind of questioning and, and, and working towards um, being, being a better person, being better uh, 
uh, a healthier, a healthier person. So, um, also being able to draw on, on yourself to, to do the things that you want. Um, it's not, uh, you, if you don't take care of your body, you can't take care of other people. You can't take care of uh, yourself or have the career that you want. So really, you need to be put kind of number one um, and take care of yourself first. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, where can people check you out if they have more and uh, if they, they have some questions or look for more yeah, information? Yeah, so um, we the clinic website is docheryclinic.com. Uh, um, I have my own website, drclairesullivan.com. Uh, um, they can call the clinic um, as well, but usually the website's a good place okay. to start. And I'll link to these in the show notes. Perfect. Thank you very much for uh, for sharing some wisdom. Uh, again, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and that's all part of the fun. Um, I like that you kind of made it very relatable to people. Because again, dig- and, and like most medical or scientific stuff, they, we can go really in the weeds. And in, But they, these are some really good tips that people can kind of help their digestion tomorrow or tonight great so yeah thank you very much you've been listening to wellness wednesdays i am your host eric collard until next week be well